0: Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight. To all of our guests. We are glad to have you in service with us tonight. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be watching us from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight. Pray that you're blessed by it. Uh, Obviously, they're not here tonight, but we give honor to our bishop and mother right tonight. Praise God. I encourage you to keep them in prayer. They will be traveling to to Brazil this week, ministering there. Uh, so keep them in prayer that God would use them. Been, uh, I think, since 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Last time Bishop was in Brazil, so um, he's ministered there before. But it's been a while, so keep them in your prayers. Praise God. I, I, have, I have, as I've alluded to, re- referred to Brother Middleton a couple times because he's given me a hard time. I've enjoyed over the last several weeks a lot of the things I've gotten to preach on Sunday night from the sense of just raring back and preaching. Um, that's enjoyable. I don't think I'm going to do that tonight. Now don't get nervous. This is not. This is not bad. It's not negative. It's it just meaning. I don't quite expect it to go that way, this evening. So I'm. I'm kind of giving you a heads up, but. Um, I do feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart, and I want to communicate it. And. Um, I, I know it's Sunday night, and. Um, we. I don't know about you, but I like to just, you know, crank it up 90 miles an hour. But obviously, it's not about our preferences and desires. It's about what he wants. So if you turn to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, Genesis 5 and verse 21, Scripture says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. That's a long ways to wait to have a kid. Ah, oh, goodness. And Enoch walked with God after. Somebody say after. After he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. He was a bad dude. Started at sixty-five and kept going you are the man and all the days of Enoch were 365 years verse number 24 and Enoch walked and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him The Amplified says it this way, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. I like that phrase there, habitual fellowship. I've had some bad habits. I wouldn't mind having some good habits. The Message Bible says, verse 24, Enoch walked steadily with God. And then one day he was simply gone. God took him. Living Bible, verse 21. Enoch was 65 years old when his son Methuselah was born. Afterwards, he lived another 300 years in fellowship with God. He lived another 300 years in fellowship with God and produced sons and daughters. Then, when he was 365, and in constant touch with God, in constant touch with God, he disappeared, for God took him. New Living Translation says, Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared, because God took him. Hebrews 11.5 makes reference to Enoch. It says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony. He pleased God. Message Bible, we know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. There's only a couple of verses that tell us about Enoch, and that's the verses I just read. There's at least one other reference to him, the book of Jude. But really, the most we know about him is in Genesis 5, 21 through 24. And it tells us one thing about him. He walked with God. So when Hebrews says he had this testimony, he pleased God, what did he do to please God? He walked with God. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. Just keep walking. If it will help you remember it, you can say it. It's a little different word, but you can say it like a line from some digital thing. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Sorry, That's a Nemo reference if you don't know. Father, thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for what you've already done here tonight, the ministry of your spirit that's already taken place here tonight. I pray, God, that you would minister now through your word, that your spirit would touch our hearts and lives. I ask you again tonight to help our hearts to be good ground for the seed of your word, that it might produce in our lives that it might come to fruition, Lord. Not just, not just be sown and then nothing happened. Not just be sown and sprout up and fade away. But be able to produce lasting change in us. I trust you tonight. I depend on your anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The name Enoch, according to Hitchcock's Bible Dictionary, means dedicated... Disciplined, dedicated, disciplined. We we live in a world that measures everything. We now can measure the number of steps that we take in a day how many flights of stairs we go up and down a day. You can buy monitors for various health things. And, and and then in the sports world, they have statistics for everything. In baseball, they have overall batting average, but then they'll break down a guy's batting average for certain situations, certain innings, certain guys on bases, if you are winning, if you're losing, and I mean there is, and then every sport, and then in the business world, and really in every aspect of life, we live with measurements. We live with, we, 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 there's probably not a college student here tonight that doesn't have a basic idea of their GPA. We live by measurements. We live measuring ourselves. It hit me a couple of weeks ago, this passage, actually somebody mentioned Enoch and in the course of that, I started thinking about this again, this passage, and all of a sudden it hit me that all the scripture says is that Enoch walked with God. And what what really got my attention, or what really stood out to me before, that I'd never really thought about, never really noticed, there is no measurement given to quantify how much he walked. It did not say that Enoch walked, of course, miles isn't usually in the KJV, but it did not say he walked 10 miles a day. It did not say he walked 20 miles a day. It didn't even say he walked one mile a day. The scripture simply says he walked. So I wonder if there was some days he walked all day long. I wonder if there's some days he walked about that far. But for that day, that was the amount of walking God had ordained. I I got a feeling I'm not the only one that battles almost on a daily basis condemnation because of the measurement of how much I walk or how much I don't walk. Most days, if I allow myself, I lay down at night very frustrated, disappointed, unhappy with myself because I didn't walk 30 miles today. I only made it about 20 yards today. I didn't get my, I'll let you figure out a way to apply this, all right? I'll leave that up to your discernment, okay? I didn't get my one mile in today. Hour, I mean, miles. Sorry, I didn't say that. Oh, hallelujah. Could it be that somehow Enoch realized there is... I'm not going to get to the end of the day and check my Apple Watch not going to get to the end of the day and see on my Fitbit that I go farther today than I did yesterday. What I want to get to the end of the day and figure out is, can I say that today, ever how far God wanted to walk, I walked. But what I did was, I walked. Some days, you know, my wife, she, she, she kind of frustrates me sometimes because when we are needing to get somewhere, she seems to kind of have a slower pace. And then we get like, you know, in the mall or walking downtown Annapolis where, you know, it's just nowhere to go, no place to be. We're just enjoying the sights trying to hold hands side by side, not like this. She seems to have another gear when it's time to relax. Like, can we just, when we got to walk, let's walk. But when we don't have to walk, let's just, let's walk. I wonder how many days we allow self-imposed pressure to cause us. Come on, Jesus. Of course, there's probably a few other days where it's, okay, I'm coming, Lord, I'm coming. There are are three humans. I I, I, I tell you I'm going to take it easy and I still can't help but feel pressure from not from you just myself I'll just do a (gasps) every now and then and I'll feel a little more like Sunday night how's that instead of Thursday night I should have put the lapel mic on you know Here, I'll just do this how's that at work what was I saying What? Everybody's saying at the same time, I can't hear. I'm going to have to glass hearing aids to go with my glasses. Three people. Oh, three humans, yes. That's right. There's, there's three humans in Scripture that didn't die. that were translated. I'll go backwards. Third was Jesus. Died and rose again, but his ultimate exit was not by death. He ascended. The second one was Elijah. And the first one was Enoch. Out of all of the heroes of the Bible, out of all of the accomplishments throughout Scripture, out of the amazing things that God used many different men and women to do. Just read Hebrews chapter 11 and you get a summary of it. Out of all of those people, the one that got rewarded by not seeing death had what appears to be the least success and accomplishments out of all of them.
1: All he did
0: was walk. He didn't go through any fiery furnaces. He didn't encounter any lion's dens. He didn't walk out on a battlefield to slay a Goliath. He didn't walk on the water, get out of the boat to try to meet Jesus. He He, he, he did not preach to 3,000 people and got the Holy Ghost. He did not escape out of any prison. He, 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 he didn't do any of those things. He just, he just walked 365 years. 365 years. I think it's no coincidence. That when he got to 365 years, and there's 365 days in a year, that God said, you've, 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 you've done it. <laughs> you haven't just gotten down for a couple of days a week. You, you've, you have done this. What have you done, Enoch? I just, I just walked. I just walked with God. And he was not for God to. You see, some of you, brother, I, you're you're just, you're just, you know, I don't know if I can accept this because you're taking all the pressure off of us because all we got to do is walk. No, no, no. Some of you are missing a point because the point is you got to walk every day. Not saying how much, but you got to do it Monday, Tuesday. Middle of the week, when all you're looking forward to is the weekend, you gotta walk. Thursday, not just at church, you gotta walk. Friday, when it's time to kick back and relax for the weekend, you gotta walk. Saturday, when it's your day, When it's your day, because it's the one day for many of you, I know not all of you, but for many of you, it's the one day you don't have to be at work. On that day that belongs to you. You got to walk. Let me read to you a little bit, if you don't mind you do mind, I'm going to do it anyway. So Adam Clark says this, there are several things worthy of our most particular notice in this account. His being Enoch, his religious conduct, he walked with God. He set himself to walk. He was fixedly purposed and determined to live to God. To walk signifies a reciprocal act, that which a, that which a man does upon himself. Here we consider Enoch receiving a pious education and the divine influence through it, in consequence of which he determines to be a worker with God, and therefore takes up the resolution to walk with his maker, that he might not receive the grace of God in vain. He he, he wasn't just any individual. He carried great weight and responsibility. He was a patriarch. He was a king. He was a priest. He was a prophet of of a numerous family to whom he was to administer justice among whom he was to perform all the rites and ceremonies of religion and teach both by precept and example the way of truth and righteousness. That tells me that you can be involved in religious activity, fulfill religious responsibilities and duties, and still not... You can show up on Sunday morning and teach a Sunday school class or preach a message or be a a musician or a singer. You can be involved in some kind of ministry, have a responsibility, but still not just simply. He walked. He attained this state of spiritual, religious, and spiritual... The state of religious and spiritual excellence in a time when, comparatively speaking, there were few helps and no written revelation. Do you understand? Enoch didn't have the Holy Ghost. He had no Bible. He 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 had no no uh, live stream to go watch the archives. He he had no right now media. He had no Amazon Kindle. He had no books to read. He had none of that. He didn't have any of that. There wasn't one of these yet, and yet somehow he tapped into something. Somehow. He released something, if you will, that caused him to connect with God and do something and accomplish something that apparently no one else has. Just walked. It is said that Enoch not only walked with God, setting him always before his eyes. Beginning, continuing, and ending every work to his glory, but also that he pleased God and had this testimony that he did please God. Do, do you understand? And I realize, I realize naturally speaking, naturally speaking, there are some that are physically unable to walk. But spiritually speaking, there is no person that is unable to walk. The standard that was set by Enoch that pleased God, you understand, is something that every one of us can achieve. There are some things that people did in that book that I will never do. I will never accomplish. I'm never going to kill a giant. I don't even know where any giants are. And if I kill one, I get thrown in jail. So I'm not volunteering for that. There There are things that if we had to do, we'd be in trouble. But the standard that was set from the beginning, that someone pleased God in such a way... That God looks down and says, I am not going to let you exit the way everybody exits because you've done something no one else has done. So before you go by death, I'm just going to take you because you've done one thing, you have walked. You know, one of the things— one of the things about being apostolic that we claim is that it's not about religion; it's about relationship. We say that. We say that. We say that, and then many of us try to strive to get our one hour of prayer in a day. Oh uh, Lord, I know I'm, a, I'm getting on shaky ground, getting on crossing some theology. Do you know that there are some days that she and I hardly communicate? I mean there's there's a few days when I basically when I I actually don't really talk to her. We 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 don't we don't have we 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 don't have Designated times of communication. And when we have fulfilled that time of communication, I can strut my stuff because I've checked it off today. I wonder how many times we mark off spiritual boxes because we make an an achievement, but then we go off about our business and so it becomes nothing more than religion I'm, I'm going to say something that may get me in trouble, and i'm going to say something that may offend some of you I, I i over the last little while, oh Lord, let me get away from any metal objects. over the last little while, I have spent less time in set aside dedicated prayer. But on the flip side, I feel like I have had more communication with God than in years. Because I find myself all throughout my day I've watched my dad do this most of my life. I've heard him do it. Now I, I, I've watched my dad. He'll just in the middle, thank you father, thank you. And and I know that when he's by himself, it's more than that. And I find myself, because you know what I also find? I find that every now and then throughout my day, just kind of in a random moment, there is some, there is some, uh, unplanned Communication that goes on between her and I. Now, don't get me wrong. There needs to be. I'm not excusing us from devotional, dedicated prayer. But what I'm saying is, if we're not careful, we go to the spiritual gym, get on the treadmill for one hour, and we run, and then we're done. We're finished. Because I, and then we want to, you know, we want to, I didn't just walk today, man. I ran. I ran. I have this problem that I really need help getting over. I, I have this problem. Of when I exercise, I feel the need to reward myself. I just worked out for 30 minutes. I deserve some ice cream. (laughs) I just spent 20 minutes on the elliptical. First stop, what's in the pantry? None of that cardboard stuff some of y'all eat. I'm not talking about I'm talking about the real stuff. That's how a lot of us live spiritually. We put in our spiritual exercise, but then we go balance it out. And undo the benefit of what we did. Enoch learned, you know what, I just need I just need to do this every day. And I need to go as far as God wants to go. There, there, there is this problem with measuring. Paul said we don't measure ourselves by ourselves. We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. There's this problem that we, we I know I'm not the only one here tonight, but we get into measuring ourselves. And the problem is, you might be designated to be the one to stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach to 3,000 people, and the Holy Ghost falls, and they are all filled with the Holy Ghost. They didn't need altar workers. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It puzzles me why they could pray 3,000 through, didn't have to have altar workers, and we can't even get five prayed through with 30 altar workers. I mean, that that had to be a pretty amazing experience to stand there, Peter standing there and declaring everything he declared, and the Holy Ghost falls, and 3,000 people are filled with the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you, if that was 2017, he would have a calendar booked with places to preach. Hey, this, this is this how pastors do it Hey do you, do you can you recommend a good evangelist? yeah well so can you get me his number and you go hey man i heard heard good things about you. When can you come well I'm booked up for the next two years <laughs> I guess for better or worse, Stephen didn't have to worry about his calendar. He never had a chance to try to get any further dates. All he got to do was preach one message. And didn't even know the outcome of the message. Had no idea that what happened as a result of his message was the greatest apostle was going to be birthed From one message, March Madness starts. There's going to be teams that are one and done. Stephen was one and done. I mean, real done. They get to go home from March Madness back to school. Stephen got to go six feet under. One message, you're done. Don't even know the results, but the results were a man heard what you said. And a couple of days after that, that man is converted. And now 2,000 years later, we preach week after week and read day after day the stuff that that man said. Can I say it like this? I think Stephen learned how to walk with God. He couldn't stand in front of 3,000 people and preach the message for all of them to be converted. But God put him in a position and he was faithful. In that position, Mm. I'm gonna read a little bit more. Hopefully, it's all right. James Fawcett and Brown says this this walking with God would seem also to express his active exertions to promote religion around him. We talked about this a little bit in our 515 meeting today with the elders. We have this concept that, I'm sorry, I don't think it's a biblical concept. We get these professional soul winners amongst us. People that have the gift And so it's very nice for us to all sit back and watch the man or the woman with the gift. Enoch walked with God and promoted religion around him. And thus, while he walked with God in the secret privacy of his soul, he was a fellow worker with him in enlightening, reclaiming, and saving sinners. In short... It is not said that he walked before God, as Genesis 17, one says, as one inwardly conscious of being always subject to his omniscient scrutiny, or that he walked after God, as is said in Deuteronomy eight nineteen and 13, and 4, i.e. served him in the customary rites of his worship, and faithfully conformed to the external requirements of his law, but what was said was he walked... With God. Not only leading a prophetic life spent in immediate converse with the spiritual world, but cultivating a habitual and exalted tone of sanctified character, that of a man who lived by faith in the unseen and who, though an inhabitant of earth, had his conversation in heaven. Walked with God. Walked with God didn't follow after God, didn't get ahead of God, but walked with God. Here's part of the challenge. The Bible says this, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? I, I, know, I know none of you other husbands and wives have ever had this happen, but there's been a couple of times, probably just two or three in 25 years, where we didn't walk with each other. Because she got mad at me about something. I never, I'll never get mad at her. You can't get mad at Perfection. You you, you can feel that disconnect. So somebody's ahead. Somebody's behind. Because we can't be beside because there's something. There's sandpaper. Enoch walked with. He walked with God. Walked with. God wasn't dragging him and he wasn't out in front. They just walked together. And then he was not because God took him. God didn't take him because he completed a 40-day fast. God didn't take him because he was on day Two thousand three hundred of praying two hours a day. God didn't take him because he had a streak going of reading five chapters a day. Some of you do great, boy. You you check. I, I got my three chapters in today. Check it off. What if? What if there was one phrase of one verse? That God said, "For today, we're doing this, and that's it." Because there's something right here that you need to get. <laughs> but God, that's only one step. I got to get my my, my three thousand five hundred steps in today. My my Fitbit says I got too much to go. We got to go, God. Come on, we got to go. And God said, "No, no. We're just doing this for today because there's something right here." Now tomorrow we may go a little farther and tomorrow you may want to stop before I'm done but tomorrow you're going to keep going with me but for today we're not going anywhere beyond here But God I haven't I haven't I haven't accomplished today yet my my Pentecostal I know I ain't talking to nobody I ain't got no help up in here. (gasps) God, we got to, we got to. Then we add to, you know, our perceived biblical check marks. We often add our own in there. So i got to get this done to please you, but I also know i got to do this because if I do what you say and then I also do what I say, I know I'm going to get extra brownie points with you. So I'm going to walk with you as far as you go, but then I want to go a little farther so I can impress you. And he's saying, you know what, you want to impress me? Walk with me. When I move, you move. When I stand, you stand. I just need you with me, beside me. It can hardly fail to strike the attentive reader of this concise amount or concise account of Enoch that the eminence in religion for which he was distinguished is not ascribed to the early part of his life. Remember what the verses we read says? He lived 65 years, 60 years, 60 or 65, 60, and then had a son. And then it actually says from that point forward. So we don't know that he didn't walk with God before. But isn't it interesting, brethren, that it was noted that after he had a son, he walked. He didn't sit in his chair. In his house, barking out all the instructions of how to be religious, he walked. And in his walking, he demonstrated to others how to walk. This this may surprise some of you. This, you you. I wouldn't be surprised if some of you have different expectations or think it was different than this. But but, we, growing up, we did not have daily or weekly Bible studies in my house. We didn't have we didn't have a set time every week where we sat down and my dad, your bishop. I'm now going to. Expound to you on the Word of God and communicate to you the biblical principles that you need to know. Oh, there were a lot of conversations, but they were much more spontaneous than they were planned. But what happened more than anything else in my years of growing up is I watched as it was modeled. I watched as it was demonstrated. I watched as he walked. And by watching him walk, I learned how to walk. I didn't learn because he told me everything to do and how to do it. I watched it as it was modeled. I wonder if the reason we have some trouble winning more souls or reaching more people is because we do real good at telling, but we don't do real good at walking. I wonder if people look at us and go, I don't want your Jesus. If that's all it does or that's what it does. Any of you ever been one of those people that have had that experience where somebody's come up to you and said, what is different about you? Not because you get on the counter in the break room every day. Get your Bible out and yell Acts two thirty eight to everybody in the office, or you stand up at the cash register in the middle of the store and tell everybody they're going to hell. But because you walk and they look and see, you know what? There's something about them. There's just something different. There's there's just a, a, a a consistency. There's a there's just something about them. Is it Paul that talks about us being living epistles? Oh, I know we need to use our words, but we also need to use our actions, our conduct. We need to walk it before we talk it. Listen, listen to this. I'm I I got a bunch of more good stuff there that's worth reading, but Isaiah 40 verse 31 very familiar verse. Most of you could quote this verse, probably. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And just in case you don't know it, that word wait there is not like sitting and waiting. That word wait means to intertwine. So Waiting means you, you are getting yourself wrapped up in His presence. He's wrapping himself up in you. That's the waiting. It's not a passive sitting. I'm waiting until my strength is being renewed. Listen, listen. Again, most of you know this verse, but listen to what it says and listen to the order of what it says. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It seems to me that the sequence should be flipped. It seems to me that it ought to start with walk. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Anybody else think that would kind of make more sense? Because that's the way it is in life. We go from one level to the next, to the next. We get faster. We go higher And yet the prophet said, you wait on him and you are going to mount up with wings as eagles. Then you're going to run and not be weary. But the last thing you're going to do, the last thing you're going to do is walk and not faint. The strongest of birds cannot stay in the air forever. Even the geese making their migration. Don't stay up there forever. You can only fly so long. And you got to come back down. And then you can only run for so far and so fast. And then you tire out and you slow down. But the last thing is the thing. That every one of us have the ability to do. Just walk and not faint. You know what we did here earlier tonight? Oh, my, my, my. During worship, you know what we did? We mounted up with some wings. There was a, there was a, what, what's that thing the eagles get on? It? uh it? The thermal, thermal. There was a thermal of the Holy Ghost that moved in this sanctuary. And a bunch of us caught it. And then some of us, we weren't even flapping. We just got them out there. And we flew around for a while on wings as eagles in heavenly places. But here we are right now. And ain't nobody flying. Ain't nobody worrying. Ain't no smiling faces. I'm sorry. We, we, we. You know, oh, don't, please don't take anything I'm saying out of context because you'll get me in trouble. You know what we do? Used to be November, we did it last October. Boy, we were, woo! We didn't just, we didn't just get right up there. I mean, we were, we were like where you need oxygen. Man, we were some serious soaring. Problem was Saturday or Monday. Some of you got up on Monday, and the feet never left the ground. You know what? You know what you do when a. You know what I think we do at a prayer meeting a lot of times. We gather together. Oh boy, we we're running. I'm not, what is it, faint, weary, faint, running, not be weary. Well, we run, 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 run. I'm running, trying to make a hundred. I mean, y'all don't know nothing about that. half and a half won't do. Lord, I'm running. That's our problem, too. Oh, I feel a little more inspiration. I didn't even know it was going to be there. I'm running. I'm running trying to make a hundred. Cause we all know 99 and a half won't do. You know what? There's some times in which grown people that are fully healthy get celebrated for just a couple of steps. Cause you just had surgery and you're now recovering and you ain't flying and you definitely aren't running. And you go, one, two, three, and everybody, woo, let's have a party. We can't accept that spiritually. You know what? I've said this, I'm, I haven't said it the way I'm about to say it, but in the, the gist of what I mean by it, I've said it in several personal conversations, and I'll just say it tonight. We, we Antioch Central, we had not been soaring much the last eight months. Don't shout me down now. We haven't been running a whole lot. Last eight months, we've been walking. We've been walking because we've been adjusting. But we are walking. And the promise is I can walk and not faint. You know what? I I think I could walk 10 miles tomorrow. Tomorrow I could walk 10 miles. I said nothing about how long it would take me. Because I may not do it at a fast pace, but I think I could do it. You know what? The race is not to the swift. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times in my walk with God, I was trying to just walk, and all of a sudden I heard it from back there. And it gets louder, and next thing I know, it's like a hurricane wind. And they blow by in their Olympic sprint. Problem is, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And there's nobody that sprints a whole marathon. You have to pace yourself. I wish somebody would leave tonight with a little bit of pressure off and just walk out of here going, you know what? I'm walking. Y'all run if you want to. I'm walking. But the difference is, I'm not just walking Sunday night. Because our problem is we know how to soar with wings as eagles on Sunday night. But Monday morning, we don't soar, we don't run, and we don't even walk. Well, I'm going to get on some toes now. I I, I looked this up earlier. Actually, I looked it up on the platform during worship, if you really want to know. In the NFL, the National Football League, they play their games most of the time. Well, the majority of games are played on a Sunday. They play Monday night games, they play Thursday night games, but the majority of games in the season are on Sunday. Kind of sounds like church. Majority of what we do is on a Sunday. Yeah. So we we soar, we run on Sunday. Listen, listen, listen. The the, the title of this article is A Week in the Life of an NFL Team. It's game day in the NFL where two teams wage a ferocious battle of wits and brawn. a A spectacle that has turned pro football into the most popular sport in North America. The game itself is the culmination Of tireless preparation. Players and coaches have joined forces in the preceding days to plot their strategy and practice their assigned roles. What you see during those three three plus hours is what makes the NFL so wildly successful. What you don't see are the countless hours that go in to getting ready for the drama that is game day. Daily meetings, weightlifting practices, the video study—it is all part of an incredibly detailed process that all teams go through. A painstaking progression that starts the minute, the minute one game ends, and the ne- and the preparation for the next begins. Although there are some subtle differences from team to team and how the week is planned, they all adhere to a strict regimen that requires time, discipline, and commitment from every player who puts on a uniform and every coach who has a role in preparing the team. Here's a typical week in the life of an NFL team. Sunday after the game, Sunday after the game, players, coaches leave the field, gather in the locker room. The head coach speaks briefly to the team, often handing out game balls after a victory and pointing out problem areas after a loss. Are you kidding me? We're mad. We're upset. We want to go home. Leave us alone. Most speeches last only a minute or two and players usually huddle up at the end of a final standoff for a final sendoff. After a 10-minute cooling-off period during which players head to the shower, the equipment staff begins the task of cleaning up a room where discarded tape and papers players throw their sweat-soaked uniforms into large bins and they are removed for cleaning inside industrial-sized washers in a back room. Media interviews begin after the cooling-off period. Locker rooms usually empty within 45 minutes or so after the game. Monday. Surely... Monday, we all sleep in and rest because we worked hard yesterday. Monday, 6 to 9 a.m., Team Cafeteria opens to all players, coaches, and support staff for breakfast. Depending on meeting, weightlifting schedule, players can eat at their convenience. Full range of food available. Most teams post calorie counts for each serving size. 6 a.m. training room open, 7 to 8 weightlifting session, 7 to 8 coaches meeting, 8 to 9 special teams meeting, 8 or 9 to 9.30 team meeting, 10 to noon offensive defensive meetings, 12.30 to 2 practice, 2 to 3 lunch, 2.30 to 3.15 media interviews, 3.15 to 4 special team meetings, 3 to 4 weightlifting, 4 to 5 offensive defense meetings, 5 to 6 coaches meetings, 5 to 7 dinner. Tuesday, players get a day off. But the training room is open. The cafeteria is open. The coaches are meeting. Wednesday, 6 a.m., cafeteria open, 7 to 8, weightlifting session, 7 to 8. It goes all the way through about 7.30. Thursday, 6 a.m. to 7. Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, for a home game, 7 a.m., it all kicks off. Teams walk through practice, team meeting, team walk through practice again, offensive, defense meeting, report to team hotel, 5 to 7 dinner, 7 to p.m. chapel service, 7.30 to 8, more meetings, 8 p.m. special team meetings, 8.30 p.m. team meeting, hedge coach generally has a specific theme in mind for his pregame speech, 8.45 snack, 11 p.m. multi-million dollar athletes, 11 p.m. curfew. Hey a minute! I'm I'm a multi-million dollar superstar, and you're gonna tell me when I got to get in the bed? Yep. Sunday game day. Wake up seven a.m. Nine thirty a.m. First bus leaves one, 10 to one p.m. Players prepare for game. One p.m. Kickoff. Sunday we soar. Monday we walk. Tuesday, they get a little bit of rest. Wednesday, we walk. You know what? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Some of y'all get all excited when Brother Shelton and others, you know, talk about coming to church and you, you're tired and bored. And you, you pull up on the hill and you can't. You're all about that. And, and yeah, I'm sorry, most of you, I need your socks to go with my handkerchief. (laughs) Sorry. You're, you're, you know what, oh, my goodness. Well, some of y'all, I'm... (laughs) Y'all, some of y'all last Sunday, boy, you, woo, yeah, that's right. Come on, Brother Shelton, that's it. And then I watch y'all. Tired of predictable church. How many of y'all tired of predictable church? Woo! How many of y'all want it? Woo! And then I watch the Holy Ghost move in. And I watch some of those that are so tired of predictable church. problem is you can't take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off from walking and come in here and expect to soar. They do what they do on Sunday because of what they do the other six days. They accomplish what they accomplish on Sunday on television because of what nobody sees them do the other six days. If I come in here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night and I deliver a word from God for you and it's what you need or it's what this congregation needs, I'm sorry that didn't happen just Sunday night. Somewhere throughout the week is when it started. It started in my individual private communication and fellowship with God. It started when nobody else was around and nobody else could see me it took place in moments where i was all by myself and nobody could hear what i was saying and nobody saw what i was doing but that is what allows me to step here and then deliver a message from god and that's not just the case for the preacher that's the case for every saint of god you gotta walk monday you gotta walk tuesday you gotta get up and walk Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and then we'll run and we'll soar a little bit on Sunday, but we may just walk sometimes on Sunday. But what if, what if we would just learn to walk? I'm gonna walk. First of all, God, I'm going to walk with you today. First and foremost, I'm going to walk with you. But then what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk as far or as short as you want to walk. I'm going to let you determine the distance. I'm going to let you determine the pace. I've experienced this a few times in my life, but it, it, when, when you get in some kind of an exercise routine, it's, you start to get some adrenaline from it. And then the next day you build off the day before I, I, I went this many miles or I lifted this much weight and I, I did this much yesterday. So today, man, I'm going a little bit farther. And naturally speaking, I don't know that there's a problem with that, naturally. But spiritually, I cannot decide that, you know what? Boy, I went this far yesterday in the spirit, and today, I'm just going, Boy, if I did an hour yesterday, I wonder what would happen if I did an hour and a half today. I've had some powerful ten-minute prayer meetings before. And I've had some dead, dry Struggling two-hour ones. I walked out of the ten-minute ones feeling good in my spirit, Brother McGurk. I walked out of the two-hour ones feeling good in my flesh. There may not have been a whole lot happened, but I... We, I, I, I am, I'm getting more and more convinced, more and more believing that the fix to what we perceive as some of our problems is not what we think it is. But it's rather some things we think may be kind of minor or insignificant that are really the fix. I am not I we, we, you know it's it's kind of like these 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 folks that go to church every Sunday or every Saturday and get their hour in, we're going to go run for an hour figuratively, and then the rest of the time, we're done. No, every single day. Walk. We, we, we have, oh Lord. We, we have dysfunctional families. Because people know you've learned how to come sore on Sunday. You can mount up with Ings as Eagles on a Sunday night. But you get up on Monday... And you don't even know. I'm supposed I'm supposed to take my soaring with eagle's wings and I'm supposed to take my running and turn it in to a consistent walk. Enoch, don't you think you're called to go build a church? Well, he hadn't told me that. Don't you think you're called to be a missionary? No. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm just walking. What's that going to accomplish? Translation? Disappearance? Be me up, Jesus. De, 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 I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I, I know I'm. I'm sprinkling in a little bit of. Um, I'm sprinkling in a spoonful of medicine with the sugar. <laughs> I know what I said. Because the, the 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 message I delivering tonight it's a positive message it's a but there's a few prods and pricks that few of us need i'm i'm so tired of good church that doesn't translate to monday walking and a great move of god on sunday night that doesn't turn into Wednesday, just walking. We will accomplish more by consistently walking than we will with sporadic soaring. That was a Brotherhood moment right there. Woo! I'd have to say that one again. We, we will accomplish more by steady, consistent walking than spurts of running. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the soaring and there's nothing wrong with the running. But what we've got to get a grip on and what we've got to learn to do is just walk. Walk gets applied with what I watch. Walk gets applied with what I talk about. Walk gets applied to what I listen to. Walk gets applied to how I talk to my wife, how I talk to my kids, how I talk to my parents. Walk gets translated into what people see of me on the job. Walk gets translated into how I treat the server who just brought the wrong thing to the table or messed up my meal. That's where walking comes in. And we're not going to reach the world by a soaring Sunday night. We're not going to change the world because Sunday night we know how to mount up with wings as eagles and get up into the heavenlies. The world is going to be transformed by people that can learn that God, I'm going to walk with you and I will walk with you every single day. Whatever you say we're doing, however far you say we're going, that's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to walk. Can, can can Jesus? Jesus had three years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I, I'm not sure. I, on one hand, I think maybe maybe Jesus knew how much time he had. I don't know. I I I I think I would probably lean towards the side that he had an idea because he was God in the flesh of how long he had. If you've only got three years, you would think there'd be a whole lot of running. In fact, you'd think you'd run and not stop running. Because we got to hurry. Three years. We only got three years. We got to go here. We got to go there. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to run, 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 run. Three years. Three years. Got to go, got to go. You only got three years to do this, Jesus. Isn't it amazing he came when he came? Think of how much more he could have accomplished if he'd have been born today. Private jet Limousine, FaceTime, webinars go 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 go. go. But he came in a time in which there was no means of transportation like that. He came a time when to get everywhere, you basically had to walk. You may ride an animal every now and then, but that's not very comfortable. And you're only getting so far with that, you're going to have to at some point get off and walk for three years. He didn't run, hmm. he just walked. And out of three years of walking, out of three years of seeing what the Father does and doing what the Father does, out of three years of that was birthed what 2,000 years later you and I are a part of because Jesus walked. You know what's so amazing? You know, when we're young, well, we got the strength to soar. Woo. We got the we've got the the uh the um uh, the the what, oh my goodness, I can't get the word. We we got the naivety that we can do, we believe we can do it. We can woo. We look at the previous generation. I see what y'all did. You better wait to watch what we're gonna do. Yeah, actually life kind of works that way. You start off soaring. You do that for a little while and then you try to run some. Then when it gets to the end. How amazing to all of you seasoned saints. All of our 50 and 60 and 70 and betters. How amazing is that, Sister Gross? That the way he ordered it was the way all of you When you get to the end of life. Sister Day, I bet there's some days in your years that you soared. I'm confident. I've been around you long enough. I know there's some days you were mounting up with some wings. You were going beyond where the eagles were. There's been some days where you've ran. But you know what I've watched for a long time now? As I've watched you. weak. After week, after week, after week, walk. Mr. Gross, physic naturally, you probably can't run anymore, but I see you still walking, and you may be slower than you used to be. But you, you can walk. See, there's not a person in this place tonight, young or old, That does not have the spiritual ability To walk And then the wonderful thing is He decides You know what, today I think you got it in you We're going to get about 30 miles in today We're going to cover some ground today And then other days He looks at you and goes You know what (laughs) You don't have it today so let's just, in the words of our good brother Shelton, we're just gonna meander some today. We just let's just let's just see where we end up. No goal, no destination. I gotta get there. Hello. Anybody live that way a lot of days? I gotta get there. If I can't walk there, I gotta get there. I gotta make it. I gotta get there. I can't stop here. I haven't reached the goal for today. If you'd stop long enough, you'd look back and you'd see the one you're supposed to be walking with stopped a long time ago. Because he wasn't as concerned about the finish line as you were. He was just concerned about, let's, let's you and me. Come help me for a moment, John. Let's, let's just you and I Let's just do this today. We're just going to walk. and We might talk some. We might just walk some and just share in each other's presence. But let's just together. Not you in front of me, trying to get out ahead of me. Not behind me, but just sideways side, walk, and have this testimony that we pleased God, thank you, because we walked. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And all he did was three hundred and sixty five days, three hundred and sixty-five days a year, walk with God. You know what? There was fruit from his life because of his walk with God. There were souls that were impacted for the sake of the kingdom, if you will, because he walked. How about how about we have a altar call tonight? where some of you take off your spiritual Apple Watch, take off your spiritual Fitbit, and come put it on the altar. and Say, God, I'm no longer assess- obsessing about how long, how short, how many, how few. But what I'm going to get obs- obsessed with is just walking. Walking. With you. You 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 do understand. Don't don't miss what I'm you do understand by saying just walk with him doesn't mean you don't do anything else. It doesn't mean you're not involved in ministry. It doesn't mean you're not involved in souls. It doesn't mean you're not involved in reaching the loss. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You become more involved. But you don't become more involved out of the pressure of achieving you become more involved because of the pleasure of just walking. Where where you want to go today, Jesus? Where are we going to walk today? What new territory are we going to explore today? Head bowed, eyes closed if you would. I wonder if there is anybody tonight. interested to join with me in making a commitment to God tonight Jesus I want to walk just walk I'm going to take off my goals (laughs) I'm going to eliminate my measurements Of distance and speed, and all how trying to figure out my accomplishments, and I'm just going to walk with you. You know what? We could turn this county upside down if we would all learn every day just to walk you know where to walk today Jesus you know where we need to get to how far we need to go and so not ahead of you and not dragging behind you I'm just gonna walk with you In the name of Jesus. God, I love those moments of soaring with eagle's wings. I love those times of running and not being weary. But those are less frequent. They don't last as long as the times where I am simply just walking with you in the name of Jesus I don't want to just soar with you on Sunday night or on some special occasion I, I don't want to just run during some prayer meeting or I don't want to just run during Chosen United I, I don't want to just run during youth camp or youth congress For a blast of speed. But 365 days of of the year. I want to walk. I just want to walk. There's not a person in this sanctuary tonight. That is not capable of achieving. What Enoch achieved. Of simply walking with God.
1: In
0: the name of Jesus. Help us. Help us to learn. Help us to learn to walk. To faithfully, consistently walk. You decide how far, Jesus. You decide how fast. I'm just going to decide to walk with you. I may want to go farther. I may be interested in doing more. You may decide we're only going a couple of steps today. I just I want to walk. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. Faithfully, consistently walk. You said I could walk and not faint. You said I could walk with you and not faint. I want to walk, Jesus. I want to walk faithfully, consistently by Your side. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <inaudible>
1: In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name,
0: in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Every day in your high school, every day in junior high, every day in elementary, every day on a co- college campus, every day in the workplace just just walk just walk in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of
1: jesus Hallelujah! 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 In
0: Jesus name. Jesus name. I will
1: follow lead me Lord
0: need to go or want to go, you're welcome to, but if the Holy Ghost is still talking to you, dealing with you, would you not be in a hurry for a few more moments? Step by step, day by day, day by day, Lord, I will
1: consistently walking
0: with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus,
1: lead me, Lord. I will